from R.D. Smothers Wealth Management. This is the retirement. When you retire, if you want an exciting life, you need a boring investment strategy. Matters. Listen, I'm not saying you've got to work with a fiduciary, but if you don't, you will pay for it. Podcast. Hey, this is your host, Dale Smothers, and you're listening to the Retirement Matters Podcast. My hope is that you will find the information you need in every single show on how to do one of the three things, either saving more money more efficiently, planning better for your future where you can live in retirement worry-free, or my favorite, how you can live a happy and fulfilled life in this life you have been given. We know that your time is valuable and we appreciate you spending it listening to this episode of the Retirement Matters Podcast. On today's podcast, we are going to be discussing personal finance with my friend, Marcus Rogers. Marcus began his educational career by completing his master's degree in business administration at Campbellsville University. He went on to get a second master's degree at the University of Cumberland's, where he received his master's degree in the art of teaching. And let me tell you, by the end of this podcast, you will realize that he is a master in the art of teaching. Marcus is a adjunct professor at three different universities, Lindsey Wilson College, Campbellsville University, and KCTCS. Marcus has been nominated or appointed to several prestigious positions, including Kentucky Financial Empowerment Commission, K-12 Work Group, nominated for Kentucky Marketing Education Association Teacher of the Year, and nominated for CU Excellent Teacher of the Year. Marcus has also led multiple local workshops on money management. His passion shows through his words and his work. Marcus's first and highest priority in teaching is being a business and finance teacher at Taylor County High School. In this position, he teaches multiple different business subjects, which include personal finance, what we will be discussing today. Marcus also oversees two student-ran businesses in Taylor County High School, Cardinal Kroger and Cardinal Financial Center. If you're not familiar with what's going on in Taylor County High School, you're going to really enjoy that part of the podcast, understanding that this mini business is ran by the students and it is a profitable business. The bank itself is a place where students can come and get microloans. They learn how to balance checkbooks. They learn how to open banking accounts. They learn how to maybe even purchase a home. Now, these are pretty impressive tasks, and they're definitely crucial skills that you must learn to be successful in today's world. As a business teacher, coach, and leader in our community, he is very involved in the kids' lives. He is an excellent educator. I've had the opportunity to set in on a few of his classes. And as you'll hear in the podcast today, he actually uses Dave Ramsey's curriculum. But one of the things that you will realize right away is that he not only teaches the curriculum, he understands the curriculum. And he understands it in a way where he is able to bring it down to a student's level, to a level where it makes sense for them. And that's impressive. From a career standpoint, Marcus is most passionate about his subjects on personal finance. He wants to help students and adults become more financially literate. But from a personal standpoint, Marcus is just an all-around good guy. In this podcast, you'll get to hear a little bit about Marcus's testimony and how he became more of a steward with God's money, which is the most important thing. And if you don't have time to listen to this podcast in its entirety, be sure you tune into the last 10 minutes where Marcus takes a deep dive on where you should be putting your hard-earned money, where you should be starting with your personal finance journey. If you're just beginning, this is going to be an amazing place for you to start. If you've already started, this is going to be a really good place for you to go back and make sure you're doing things the right way. He talks a lot about how he is not a financial advisor and that I am, but I'm going to tell you right now, he's giving you some sound advice and I have a really good feeling that you are going to enjoy this episode of the Retirement Matters podcast with Marcus Rogers. I am here with the one and only Marcus Rogers. Uh, Mr. Rogers, how are you, sir? Doing well. Thanks for having me today. Yes, sir, man. We're, we're pleased to have you on the show. Man, this is going to be a good show. I'm, I'm confident that we will we'll be able to touch on something that someone will be able to take away from this show and apply it to their everyday life. You are a teacher at heart. Uh, I, I do think that as a firm, RD Smothers Wealth Management, we strive to teach individuals. And we have a slogan, save money, plan well, live happy. I believe that if it doesn't make sense, it won't make dollars for you. 
And if, if you can't, can't make sense of what your plan is doing, it's really difficult to have uh, the, 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 the ability, if you will, to live happy. That confidence, the, the worry-free mentality. We are going to take this in a little bit of a different direction than most any show that we've done. And this is going to be more on the, the, you know, the front end of personal finance. You are talking to high schoolers on an everyday basis, teaching them how to be good stewards of their money phenomenal, phenomenal setup that you've got. I have been blessed to be a part of some of your classes and came in and talked to you. You have a very large passion and it shows for the students. Um, briefly, I'm going to hit on a very extensive background of yours. You are uh, you know, extremely educated in this, in this area, uh, very much passionate, like I said, about the finance, the personal finance and teaching of personal finance. You know, two masters, if I'm not mistaken, two yes. master's degrees. Um, you know, one of them is obviously in finance with the, you know, emphasis in marketing, I think is what it was marketing masters. In, and you got an MBA yes, sir. with an emphasis in marketing and uh, masters in arts and teaching, which if you're ever in the classroom with Marcus, you can tell right away, he is a master of teaching. His kids love him. But I noticed in your background that you have worked at a couple universities uh, and even at a, a technical school, taught some university level classes up to a level 600. I want to know just right off the bat, what has caused you over the last few years to take this passion to those who maybe aren't even sure they know what they want to do in life? Because you were talking to students that were definitely business students. And now you're taking it to students who you're you're pretty much introducing finance to them for perhaps the first time. Yes, sir. Yeah, you're exactly right. Uh, I do. I teach at a couple different universities, colleges, uh, community colleges. All of that, though, is part time work or adjunct work. If you're familiar with higher education, which I know you are, but some of our listeners yeah. out there basically just means it's a part time uh, capacity. And I do that partly uh, because I just really enjoy teaching. Like you said, and I, I feel like I have a heart for it. Uh, I also do it because it's uh, a good side hustle uh, for me being a teacher. <laughs> one of the greatest perks is we have a lot of time off. So my summer right. break, I'm a little bit of a workaholic. So I'm not one just to sit around all summer break doing nothing. I pretty much have to stay busy. I thrive on productivity. So uh, it's a good balance for me. It's also extra good income. But you're right. I teach at uh, two private schools and one community college. That opens up a, a whole different uh, type of student than what I have in my full-time job at Taylor County High School, uh, where I'm with mostly sophomores, juniors, and seniors uh, throughout the day. I do teach all three of those grade levels, but sometimes I have 18-year-olds, sometimes I have 15-year-olds. But one thing that is consistent among all of my students is I tell every single student this, even ones when I've taught workshops before that don't have a uh, or doesn't have a class tied to it. It's just a standalone workshop. It doesn't matter who you are, where you live, or even how much money you make. If you cannot manage it, it's going to be bad news for you. If you make a lot of money, but you can't manage it, you're still in bad shape. That's phenomenal. And if you make very little money, but you manage it very, very well surprisingly, you can be wealthier than a lot of people who make tons of money living right here in the wealthiest so country in the world. So yeah, that, that's the consistency that I see there between uh, really any age of a student that I come across. Wow, that's phenomenal. And, and like you said, you're at Taylor County High School, Taylor County, small uh, high school, small county, if you will, in the state of Kentucky. And, you know, rural Kentucky it seems as if I know what, what we do here in the same County, mm -hmm. we bring financial advice to those who maybe are not really even privy to that type of financial advice. Whenever we're talking to a client who has worked their entire life, they may or may not understand the stock market. They may or may not understand what it means to retire. Mm -hmm. And, and we help them understand the ins and outs of retirement, but you're catching someone who is, you know, they have all their dreams, all their ambitions. They have so many years still to work towards what they want to do. And you are teaching them how to be good stewards of the dollar. And that is amazing. Now you work with, uh, is it the Dave Ramsey program, right? That you bring to Taylor County High School. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that and your experience that you've had with that, the Dave Ramsey solutions, if I'm not mistaken, is that their official yes, title? Sir. Yes, sir. What That's is right. that? Tell us Dave a little Ramsey. bit about that, what you're going mm -hmm. through. 
Dave Ramsey obviously has a ton of products underneath his umbrella. One of them is the product that I use in my, in my classroom as the main curriculum that I teach. But I got to give you a little background. I think the listeners will like this and it kind of yeah. ties all this together. How this started, uh, I didn't know that I had a passion for personal finance. I didn't grow up saying, man, I got to teach people how to take care of their money. It's funny how the Lord works and how things tie together in life. My first job working in the admissions office at Campbellsville University, my job was I had the 34 most Western counties in Kentucky. And my job was to recruit as many of those students as I could from those high schools to come to Campbellsville University. Okay. It was goal oriented. I enjoyed it. It had a lot of travel. Uh, I met a lot of high school students and here's what caught my attention. A lot of them, even from good families, when you sit down with a student, 18 years old, going to a private higher education institution, and you're going over the financial aid package with them, they did not know the difference between uh, a grant, a loan, a scholarship. They could wow. not tell you that. Now, this is not all of them, but right. some of them didn't know that a loan meant debt. And then I would explain that to them because I felt heavy on my conscience. If I'm signing somebody up for debt, yeah. uh, through something that I've recruited them for, I've had a year long relationship with the student to recruit them. I want to make sure they know the weight of that. And I quickly realized that they did not understand the weight. And then when you explained, you know, this federal student loan program, it does have interest rates tied to it, repayment plans. And it was mind blown for a lot of really, wow. really high GPA, high ACT students. And right. I noticed we are missing something. We're graduating students from high schools in Kentucky, all over the nation. And they're good at taking the ACT test. They have a good SAT. They have a strong GPA. They're going right. to university. They're a successful yeah. student. They don't understand personal finance at all. Right. So fast forward a few years later, I'm in my job interview uh, here at Taylor County Schools for this position. And the principal at the time says, Marcus, here's your schedule. If you were to take this job, are you happy with this schedule? This is what you'd be teaching. I said, honestly, the thing that I'm most passionate about is helping students uh, learn about money, how to manage their money. I didn't have anything on my schedule for that. And she said, well, how about we give you one class? And I said, that, that is awesome. I love it. <laughs> so uh, later on, I accepted the job. I went back and I said, hey, what about that one class we talked about? And I uh, got it signed up for seventh period, last class of the day, almost like it was like bottom of the totem pole. Right. Kind of I felt the need. I've got to prove myself with this. Um, they had no curriculum in mind, uh, which is, that's not normal uh, or that I'm sorry, that's not uncommon for right. uh, an elective style course like that, that a teacher right requested. So they basically gave me free reign. And that's where I landed at Ramsey Solutions. They create a personal finance curriculum geared for high school students. And a lot of your listeners out there may be familiar with um, the Financial Peace University program that a lot of adults have went through the past few decades. Right. This is a morph version of that, but for high school students, and it stretches out all year long. Uh, but you're exactly right. That's what I teach every single day in my class. So Financial Peace is, is how to get out of debt, perhaps how to do the debt snowball. Mm -hmm. This is more of a don't get into debt. <laughs> this is why you may not have to do the debt snowball if you if you follow this curriculum. Now, exactly. I know Dave Ramsey's a big proponent of of not getting into debt, but understanding right. debt, you know, sometimes debt is labeled maybe as good or bad debt. And sometimes sure. debt may or may not be necessary. And I don't know necessarily your uh, philosophy on that. Be happy for you to share some of that if you want. But I do know that there is a difference in good debt and bad debt. And we've spoke to some of your students about that. Mm -hmm. But one of the biggest things is compound interest. Mm -hmm. And if you don't understand that, you know, Albert Einstein's famous for saying it's the eighth wonder of the world. If you don't understand it, you'll pay it. And if you do, you'll earn it. That's right. And, and what you are doing is helping people learn how to earn it. Now, uh, you had mentioned something about this elective class, mm -hmm. and it was one class. Tell us a little bit about how successful that has become in the last three, four or five years with you. Yeah. So long story short, I'm on year four of uh, teaching this and next year will be year five. It's been very successful. The first year that I taught it, I mentioned it was kind of bottom of the totem pole. Nobody knew what they were signing up for. It had never been taught here. I only had 13 students in the class. 
Uh, fast forward, uh, it picks up a little steam year two. Keep in mind, this is an elective style class. So nobody is requiring students to take it. It is those in the building who just choose to and take it. And they have to almost fit it into their schedule, right? Exactly, because yeah. it's only for one period of day. You're exactly yeah. right. Year two, it goes from 13 to 23. You say 10 students, Mr. Rogers, that's not a big change. Well, percentage wise, it was a huge jump and I was really excited. Year three continued, we were at 27. Year four this year, it's at 30. And the only reason it's at 30 is because our school caps all of our classes at <laughs> maximum capacity of 30. So Fantastic. then I, I'm in the office saying, listen, guys, we have students that can't get in this class that want to. When's the last time you've heard of a high school student wanting in a class so bad that it's full and then they're willing to have their name put on a waiting list for yeah. a high school class? Fantastic. That's exactly what happened. So thankfully, the administration here is very supportive of myself and of the business program. Next year, I'm excited that we're going to be offering it two periods a day. They're both going to be in the morning, which is easier for scheduling purposes. And that Great. means I'm going to be able to educate up to 60 students here at the high school on personal finance. My hope is that it just keeps growing. I have yeah. a, um, uh, some... Uh, a, individual who teaches at a different district in E-Town or Elizabethtown, Kentucky, bigger area, a little less rural than uh, Taylor County. And he actually went through the same thing about 10 and 15 years ago at his school. And he now has a full schedule of it. He teaches it all six periods of the day and still has a waiting list. Wow. So that just shows you that the students and parents are recognizing, oh my goodness, this is important stuff. Oh you yeah. And you know, I hear all the time we, we deal with 50, 60, 70 year old people and they're we're talking about, you know, kids today, they don't even know how to balance a checkbook. And, you know, at the same time, is that even necessary? Right. Do you really need to right. know how to put each ledger down with electronic banking? But at the same time, I think that that personal finance level that to have that the, the, the acumen of, hey, I know how to make a dollar last. Right. That is extremely important. Just like you said at the beginning of this, it doesn't matter how much you make. We, very seldom do we have an income problem. Most right. of the time we have a spending problem. And exactly. if you don't save enough, if you don't pay yourself first, you're going to have a major problem in the future. I know Just whenever we talk to your class, we, we asked a question, I think once, uh, you know, why do we save? And it's so we don't have to work the rest of our life. You're doing a phenomenal work there, man. You really are. And, and okay. what is unique is that the finance picture changes you know, from year to year, definitely from decade to decade. The finance picture changes. So the parents, although they may be very well off themselves, have a hard time connecting perhaps to how the child needs to learn their personal finances. Monopoly, I was buying a, a game for my son. He's five years old. I went to buy Monopoly and they have debit cards now in Monopoly. You know, it's like that that didn't exist back in the day. We all wanted to be the banker. That doesn't exist now. You know, it, it's right, no paper. Right. Yeah. Um, so it just finance changes in general. Tell me a little bit about how you keep up. Are you kind of relying on at this point in time? Are you relying on the Dave Ramsey program to, to update or I, I kind of know the answer already because I've been in your class. Are you bringing in? actual, you know, where the rubber meets the road, day-to-day -day, uh, newsletters, articles, tickers? Are you teaching them about everyday finance? Are you relying on curriculum? Yeah, absolutely. It's a mixture of both. We, we do use curriculum. Thankfully, we don't have a curriculum that's stagnant, 10 right. years old. It's never been printed again. It is a digital curriculum that updates every summer. I've actually met with the Ramsey Solution Education Department. They've got about 67 team members and their sole job is to work on this curriculum and they're all full time. Wow. So the good news is it's expensive curriculum, but it's quality and it updates. Yeah. Time. So you're exactly right. However, I don't put all my eggs in one basket. A little diversification is not only good in your portfolio, it's also right. good in the classroom as a teacher. Uh, and you're exactly right. We do uh, do a lot of very hands-on stuff here at the high school. Uh, one of those being something that we call online simulations, where these students actually get to simulate how to buy a car, how to buy a house, wow. uh, saving, 
That's um, wonderful. Paycheck to paycheck, working through budgeting, that stuff. We have an online simulation program that's different from Ramsey Solutions that we have access to. Uh, something else that we do in the springtime going on right now, once they've learned more about investing and they're comfortable with different investment strategies, actually turn them loose on the stock market game, which is I give them $100,000 of fictitious money and I turn them free. I let them uh, work through that. And at the end of the year, we see who has the most and who has the least <laughs> scoreboard at the front of the room. And it updates every minute. I've got a ticker ribbon at the front of my room, kind of like what you would see on Wall Street. And yeah. it updates every 60 seconds and we can control what stocks are up there. So my students are all interested in crypto. Uh, so Bitcoin and Ether, they're updating every yeah. minute. And if it's not doing anything more than just students' wheels turning in their mind, that's, that's what's so important is to get these students thinking on the right track thinking for themselves, being yes. interested. And Curiosity. We, we have a lot of people, uh, a lot of good connections here in our community, just like yourself, where people are willing to come in, take time out of their day, just like you have as a guest speaker and speak to these students. And that is so valuable because right. they get to hear from real insurance agents, real CPAs about taxes, right? Uh, real salesmen, yeah, real financial planners, real yep. accountants, it's real life. You're exactly yeah. right. Right, right. So much. Uh, you know, you mentioned to me last time we were talking mm -hmm. about the, you know, the, the class in its entirety. And, and you said there was there were some things that they come in already having a, a pretty decent understanding of and some mm -hmm. things they come in and they, they really have no understanding of. Mm -hmm. Can you go through what you're seeing, you know, because realistically, I mean, you are you are dealing with tomorrow's America. Like you're dealing with who will lead us in the future. And you've got some politicians today that hold power that are in their thirties and forties. Mm -hmm. And when you hear some of their rationale, it will scare you to death uh, yeah. that we can print money, you know, in, into oblivion and that, and that, you know, uh, we can perpetually see an increasing debt and have no ramifications I'm not necessarily on that page. There's a new monetary theory, you know, modern monetary theory that has that has emerged from some on one political side. I, I know that you are combating a lot of that because, you know, the fundamentals of finance have to hold true at some point in time. Absolutely. Can you tell me a little bit about what the the 18, 19, or let's say 16 year old is coming into your class and they have a really good understanding of, and maybe what we as a society are having a hard time getting across to them. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. And uh, we could probably do a whole podcast just on that one topic alone. <laughs> of well, let's do it. Yeah. What have I observed with the youth? Because you're right, today's youth is tomorrow's leaders. So what I'm observing right now, I truly believe we're going to see in its fullest one and two uh, decades from right now, they're going to be our leaders. Mm -hmm. uh, they're going to be the working adults. So it's, it's really important. A lot of people say that the future starts with today's education. So believe that if you want, but you're exactly right. In this class, we start with really a foundation approach where we start very slow in the beginning. I take into consideration that some of these students come from very, very, very sad situations mm -hmm. where they have seen nothing but the absolute worst. They're not all blessed coming from great families. However, they are blessed to be at Taylor County High School where they have the opportunity right. to learn better. And I want to make the most of that. So we start very slow. Just awesome. what is personal finance? What is budgeting? How do you budget? What is yeah. income? What are some expenses? You would be surprised how much students, some students struggle with that right there. Wow. Other yeah. students blow through the water on that kind of stuff. Talking about savings, why saving is important is can you have too much savings? What if you only save and don't invest? What if you're investing before your savings? Should you be saving when you're in debt? A lot of those. <laughs> I love it. Uh, we talk about credit cards, uh, how debt works, how debt is so profitable in this country as an industry uh, yes. that it should be alarming. And we have, uh, I say we as America, corporate America as a whole, spends billions of dollars a year on marketing the idea that debt is normal. Mm -hmm. And I want my students to realize that if that's normal, I want them to be really weird. I want right. them to be, have no debt, to, to be out of debt. Perfect. And to build a net worth uh, that can 
really make them and their family proud. Not that their security lies in that, but that that is not normal, but it's the right way to do things. Right. Uh, then we get a little more complex and start talking about consumerism, consumerism awareness, what financial services are available, uh, insurance. We start looking at taxes, different forms of taxes, how to avoid paying unnecessary taxes, um, and even simple stuff. I love we say it. it's simple. You would be surprised how many of these students go and get a part-time job and they come running to me and say, Mr. Rogers, I can't read <laughs> pay stub. So that's actually one of the things we do is we look at pay stubs, W-2s, W-4s. What are these forms? What's on them? Good for you. For you to understand them. Even if you're not filing your own taxes, you got to be able to understand this stuff. Absolutely. So that's one of the things we teach. We actually get into how to, how to buy a house uh, and talk about real estate and how it appreciates in value over time and talk about, you know, the 15 versus 30 year mortgage and get their wheels turning on that. And then we end the year where we're at right now with investing. And that's why a lot of the kids take the course is for the investing. The whole idea of how do I take my money and make it make more money Mm -hmm. to a 16 year old that just got their first part-time job. That is like music to their ears. Yeah. Before we get into the stock market game, uh, we talk a lot about retirement, uh, which fits perfect with your clientele, but a lot of high school students are out there saying, I don't want to talk about retirement. I want to talk about more risky investments. I want to talk about the stuff I'm seeing online. Right. Uh, so, so we get into that as well. And I can tell you more along those same lines if you would like. Uh, well, but that, that really gets them going. You have uh, you have gave us at least an hour's worth of material here because here's <laughs> what here's what I love about your course mm-hmm. is that the investing side is the last thing you talk about. Yes. It's the one that happens perpetually. Like it, it will always happen from the time that you start to the time you end. It's the last thing. So many people that we see come in and they talk to us uh, and maybe they're in their fifties and they know they've got to get their financial house in order. They've got 10 to 15 more years before they're ready to retire. Mm-hmm. And we realize that they have put the cart before the horse. They've sure. literally invested in their 401k while racking up 80, 90, a hundred thousand dollars worth of credit card debt. And I'll look at them and say, you know, you, you think about this credit card that's charging you 25%. If you are super aggressive over the last 20 years, you may have made six, 7% in the S and P 500, you are going backwards. And so debt, like we, like we were just talking about, it's all about compounding interest. It's either going to work for you or it's going to work against you. So, so you're, you're talking about insurance that is extremely important. And so we have a book coming out, hopefully by the end of the year, that will be published. And one of the things that we talk about for the individual who's 20 to 25 or even 30 years away from retirement mm-hmm. is you've got to play offense and defense in this game. Absolutely. It's not just about investing your money. It's about protecting one of the largest assets that you possess, which is your income. Right. So life insurance, disability insurance, the house that you possess, you know, what happens if a tree falls on it? You don't want to be out for rebuilding that house. That that is that is so amazing. Yeah. And I'm tickled that you even touch on that. And then you said to me, last thing we talk about investing, which is <laughs> the fun part. Like that's right. I like that's I like to say that, you know, that's the that's the really awesome stuff to talk about. Everybody loves batting. Yeah. Nobody loves being out in left field waiting for three, <laughs> three outs, you know, but it's a part of the game. Yep. Uh, and, and so that's revolutionary. I, I love it. What would you say is their least, um, least knowledge? What is the least amount of knowledge that they have along this progression? It sounds like they kind of have an idea of what they want to do in investing. They may not understand it fully, but along the way, you said that you lose some people at the very beginning. What is income? What is debt? Sure. But what would you say the majority of the individuals start to bog down in? Is that the is that the the insurance and the buying the house part or where does that come? Yeah, no, you're that's a perfect segue into to build off of the last question. And you talked about playing defense, and that's not really the sexy pick. Everybody wants to talk about investing. That's uh, wonderful. Right. I, I'm that's a right. numbers guy. I love data. Uh, hence, hence the degrees and the finance and uh, wanting to teach this stuff. Right. A little bit of a nerd at heart. Uh, I guess you just have to embrace that if you're going to uh, teach business for a living and be a teacher for a living. That's right. But uh, I track numbers all the time. And I think the more numbers you have, um, the more consistent data it's going to show and more reliable it is. I track the pre-test and post-test data of every single chapter that I teach in personal finance. And I've noticed a couple of trends. 
The first trend is that pre-test scores each year are getting worse. So going back to those 13 students in year one that I taught it, they were actually the smartest group in personal finance from a prior knowledge standpoint Hmm. that I've ever had. Year two was worse. Year three was worse. This year is the worst of all four. Hmm. I'm assuming that that trend is going to continue. Here's the good news. Pre-test data is going down. Post-test data is going up, meaning the margin in between is getting bigger. This year, we've actually averaged about 21% growth from pre-test to post-test on all of our chapters combined. However, there is a couple of outliers there. The largest one by far is the insurance chapter. You're exactly right. Students have almost no prior knowledge on insurance. They don't know what the word premium means. They don't know the difference between, they definitely don't know the difference between term life insurance and whole life insurance, let alone be able to explain it to someone or make a decision for themselves. So insurance is the chapter where we really start to see a lot of students uh, starting to struggle, having to think through through things, a little more difficulty, and uh, we see the largest amount of growth in the insurance chapter for sure. That's followed by the taxes chapter uh, that gets a lot of students, and then investing comes in at third, and we have an average 22% growth rate from pre-test to post-test. I love it. I love it. And, you know, you'd be, I think we would both be surprised to see how few adults understand truly what insurance is. Sure. And, and, and then we see insurance salesmen come out and almost uh, take advantage of that lack of knowledge. And, you know, there are some really amazing insurance salesmen. I used to work with a lot of them, mm-hmm. uh, but there are some really bad ones too that come out and try to, you know, position things that just aren't necessarily in your best interest. Sure. Uh, and we talk about that a lot. You know, we, we, will, we will help unwind a lot of things for a client, if they come in, they've got a, they have a plan, you know, and this plan is to get them from A to B. Well, mm-hmm. they end up in, you know, they end up passing B and getting to F before they realize it. We got to right. backtrack just a little bit. Yeah. And, and the hardest thing to unwind is a mistake in the insurance section. The sure. insurance section is a lot of times where you can lose a lot of money mm-hmm. along your uh, progression and along your journey. So, you're, you're, you're raising uh, millionaires there. I mean, I, I can hear and see little seeds dropping and, and, and you, you've got millionaires that will be in that classroom, no doubt. One of the things that amazed me, we were talking and one of the students actually came up, if you remember, right after class and asked me about compound interest. <laughs> and we were going through that, that exercise with the lady who saved for seven years versus the lady who saved for 38 years. And, and, and it's all about how much time you leave it in there to bake. And how compound interest is so magical. Mm-hmm. What do you do for a student? And what could you even tell someone who is listening? Because I, I would imagine we're going to have one of two or three different types of listeners. We're going to have students who, who have been with Mr. Rogers before, want to be in Mr. Rogers class, probably going to be watching this and uh, you know, just ready to and eager to learn from you. We're going to have some parents that maybe even are thinking, what in the world? Is this Mr. Rogers teaching my kids? And uh, we, we, you know, we heard that a podcast dropped. We want to listen. And then you may have some of the people in the community who are just proud of what Taylor County's doing. Because to my understanding, it's one of the only business classes in a pretty good range. Is that right? I think Dare County maybe has one, but yeah. I know Campbellsville doesn't yet. And uh, with Marion, does Marion have anything like this? Yeah, this is not a class that's offered, uh, which is mind blowing when you think about the importance behind it. But this course is not offered in every single high school. And in a lot of the high schools that is offered, it's similar to Taylor County right now, which thankfully we've built up the past few years, but it might only be offered one or two times a day by one Uh, person in the building. So you're right. There there is some awareness that's needing to take place. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and if, you're, and if you're, we have right. if we have any of those three listening, what mm-hmm. is one thing that you could tell them? If there's one specific thing that you could say, you know, if, yeah. if you don't have an understanding of anything else, have an understanding of this, and and I'll I'll, I'll maybe even lead you in a direction that perhaps your your mentor, or, or I don't know if he's necessarily your mentor, but you know, Dave Ramsey's famous for saying just it's a simple process, right? You you spend less than you make. Sure. You spend less than you make. And if you can do that, 
theoretically, you know, even if you put it in a coffee can, you're mm-hmm. going to come out a little bit better ahead than if you're spending more than you make. But you teaching young individuals, what is one thing that that you would feel should be pretty common, but you've seen is not common knowledge? Is there anything specifically that you could say? Yeah, absolutely. And I know you and I align on this. Anybody who works with someone in personal finance, whether it be a financial advisor or anyone in that industry, is going to understand that slow and steady wins the race. It's the tortoise and the hare uh, mentality. It's not timing the market. It's time in the market. And, And I haven't coined any of these phrases. These are all phrases that everyone in this industry uses to teach because we know that if you start young and put your money in the market and never take it out and let compounding interest, like we were talking about earlier, do its work, then you will become wealthy. Leave that money in there. We teach 15%. You should be putting 15% of your income, assuming that you do not have any debt beside of your house and that you can afford the house that you're in and that you're not house poor. 15% of your income from day one, from the first paycheck you get, until retirement time. And when you retire, you will be wealthy. And that investment does not have to be a risky investment. You can get the S&P 500 index average that comes off of that. And if you just get that average for 30 and 40 years, that's what's important. It's how much time is it in the market? And we're never going to remove that. We're never going to borrow from at least what I teach, never borrow from your retirement account unless it's to avoid bankruptcy. That's the only exception we make to that. And I know some may disagree with that and there's situations, but that's what I teach in my classroom. And here's the scary thing. Students love instant gratification. Yeah. They want it now, especially 16 year olds. It's especially, (laughs) I mean, it's scary what's at their fingertips with social media and with what they can do on their phones. They can literally put anything in front of their eyes, put anything in their ears, put anything in their brains at any time they want it. So they think that investing, it's the whole, uh, it's not a knock on Robin Hood uh, or, or meme stocks or the Wall Street bets, the Reddits, but that whole conversation that took place during COVID when everybody was locked in at home, this idea that you can be a unemployed individual that uses self-taught technical analysis skills to swing trade and day trade um, stocks, not as an investing style, but more as a trading style. That is so dangerous to today's youth because they think they can watch some YouTubers who, in my opinion, are more influencers than they are investors that appear to live this very wealthy lifestyle. They're in Miami. They've got the sports cars. They've got the condo, the penthouse, the corner uh, with the awesome view and the awesome pool. And they're going out every night. And then they're showing you, you can have this lifestyle too, if you do what I teach you. And then they start teaching technical analysis. And I'm like, guys, this is dangerous. And these are my students that are watching this stuff. And that's alarming to me because I have to educate and say, that is not investing. That's trading. That is gambling. And it looks good. It's a glorified casino. It is. You're exactly right. And the crazy thing is it might work. However, it's going to be that 1% of the 1% that it's going to work for. And YouTubers aren't showing you everybody else that it's not working for and how they blew through uh, cash that could have been used in smarter ways. And if they would have just done the easy thing, which now isn't seeming so easy for these students because <laughs> right. patience, this is behavioral finance. You know, I teach personal finance, but at the end of the day, I have a room full of students who I'm teaching them behavior. We're teaching yeah. patience, poise, slow and steady wins the race, yep. being wise, not letting emotions come into play. We want to make logical decisions. We yes. don't want what we hear on the news. We want to be educated. We want to know what the media is saying, but we don't want the media to mess with us so much mentally that we get emotional when the stock market goes down and we pull all of our money out and we sell. Right. That's when we want cash on hand ready to buy more. So it's all behavioral finance. That is the toughest part of my job is getting students to realize this is not an influencer YouTube uh, get rich quick. This is a slow and steady wins the race. Certainly. And, And man, that is huge. That is phenomenal advice for any age, for any age. You know, we we talk to the 60-year-old, the 65, 70-year-old even who is winding down 
They're starting to look for this uh, money that they have amassed to generate income. Mm -hmm. And we are talking about a totally different investment strategy for them than we would be like a 30 year old Mm -hmm. who is, or in your case, a 16 year old who is looking to grow long-term money Mm-hmm. And not necessarily looking for income. So you were talking about the S and P 500 average. Mm-hmm. You know the S and P 500 fund, that, that particular ETF, which you can name any of them, but we'll use SPY as an example. Mm-hmm. That particular fund carries such a small fee, and you can participate in the U.S. stock market. You know mm-hmm. all 500 plus companies that are in that S and P 500, you can participate in every single one of them mm-hmm. with as little as 200 bucks. You know, two or three hundred bucks, you can start to buy the U.S. stock market, and that's that's amazing for a lot of people. If you mm-hmm. do it long enough, it will pay off. That's but it's right. not like you said. Like you said, it's not the sexy thing to do. That's right. We want to go out and we want to buy a little here and a little here, mm-hmm. individual stocks, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. But it can right. get you so much upside down. It, it and and you are you're teaching these kids exactly what they need to hear. Now, whether or not they take it, (laughs) that's a different thing. Um, But there comes a time, there comes a time in at the end of this, you know, uh, accumulation phase. So we talk in, in our meetings, we'll talk about two phases of retirement. Mm -hmm. We'll talk about that phase that you are teaching young individuals how to begin, which is that accumulation phase, slow and steady wins the race. And then there comes a point where they have won the race. Mm-hmm. And they need to stop running as fast. Now it's time to cool down just a little bit. Mm-hmm. And that's where we will start to back off the risk. These investments that are earning seven, eight, nine percent average rate of return could be a little too aggressive, a little bit too risky for them. And sure. so now it's not about the return of your money as much as it is the return of your money. We want it to start generating income. And so we, I think a lot of what we do aligns. We're just talking to two totally different people, two totally mm-hmm. different people on different tracks in their life. Sure. But what you're doing will get a lot more people in front of what we're doing <laughs> with a lot more money. And That's that is a beautiful thing. That's a beautiful thing. Right. So yes, sir. you are, we got about 15, 15, 20 minutes here. Perfect. Uh, as we start to wrap up, you know, kind of coming on the end of our, of our talk, mm-hmm. I know we've talked about your course, what you do, how you deliver it. And anyone who is watching this right now, I'm sure in the last 45 minutes has seen your passion. They know that you, if they, if they send their student to Taylor County high school, they're probably going to be pushing them into your class. So what I hope is that this podcast makes you one of those full-time personal finance professors, right? Um, But if, if we can get this information over to, you know, students, uh, parents, even grandparents, you were talking about being able to, to put together um, a, a workshop, if I'm not mistaken. You said that you've taught some workshops. Mm-hmm. Have you ever, and this is totally off the cuff, I, you may or may not even have considered this, but have you ever considered actually holding a summer workshop for students or even students and parents to to come together? Mm-hmm. That that may be something to, to consider. Have you ever considered anything like that? Or is that even something that would be possible? Yeah, no, you're exactly right. And this is something that I've talked to uh, actually several different people about. And it it started not from the student perspective, but here's what happens when people find out that you teach personal finance. They start coming up to you almost like, I'm sure this happens to like pastors all the time of like, hey, let me ask you a question about the Bible from somebody who doesn't even go to their church just because right. they know like, hey, I know you're a pastor here in town. So I'll have people come up to me in public uh, in, in a one-on-one setting, whether it be when I'm out to eat dinner, waiting at a restaurant, uh, just passing them. I talked to a gentleman at the golf course. And they say, hey, Marcus, I know you teach personal finance. Can I ask you a question? And that's always uh, interesting to see where that conversation goes because you never know what you're going to get. It's amazing how many of those questions are mostly that person needing somebody to listen for them, somebody to advocate for them, somebody to tell them, give them some reassurance that things are going to be okay, and just to point them in the right direction. It's not a hard Uh, like we talked about, it's behavioral finance. It's not a hard mathematical problem that they can't solve and they need my help. It's almost like a counseling session. So I've picked up on a need and it's not just me that's getting this. I've talked to other people in the finance industry and they're like, oh my goodness, we get stuff like that all the time. Yeah. And like you said, it's not complex. It's easy. 
I have a spending problem. Do you mind to look at my monthly budget with me and see exactly. what I'm doing? Yes, absolutely. And I've thought about how can we help more people like that? You know, there, there has to be a way to monetize that into a business yeah. where yeah. it can be profitable for someone who's putting in their time to do it, but it's right. also worth that money for someone who's investing their money into it to get that help, almost like a counseling session or a coaching session and an accountability thing. You know, somebody will call you two months later and say, hey, I know we reset your budget for you. How are you and your husband doing on sticking to that budget? Right. That's accountability. So, so I, I think you're right on to something. I think there is a need in this town uh, and also probably all over America uh, for just basic financial coaching. And as much as we like to, you know, kind of ride on the the coming up generation, the generation that is going to, you know, come after us, we like to say, oh, they do things different than we did. We and and we even said, you know, they like this quick. Uh, what did you say? Um, the quick feedback, the instant gratification, instant gratification was the word you right. used. The yeah. instant gratification, but we are unfortunately in an instant gratification society. Sure. And even even 50 and 60 year olds like some a little bit of instant gratification. Mm-hmm. And and they and it's it's all about the easy button. They want to push the easy button. And mm-hmm. if we could ever figure out a way to push the easy button on budgeting, mm-hmm. it would make a tremendous amount of difference. And one of the best ways that I've seen that be, and you've probably even talked about this, is to put that, um, as soon as you get your job, put Mm -hmm. the 15% in, you're saying 15%, 15% of your pay. When you get a pay raise, guess what happens? You also are saving more money. 15% of your pay raise is also going there. And so there is a a dietician's tactic of controlling what you eat by literally buying smaller plates. We did a podcast on this. It's all about buying just a smaller plate. Take Hmm. every plate you have at home, buy a smaller one, throw the other ones away. (laughs) You have a smaller plate, you eat a full plate. Typically we eat what's on our plate. And if we can ever set aside the money and spend what's in our pocket, Mm -hmm. I think that our society would, would maybe start to turn around. At least this community would. And I love the fact that you're considering something there for, for even for parents, you know, and and if there's ever anything that we can do to help, Mm -hmm. I mean, we would sponsor that if if that'd be something you'd be interested in. I I love the idea of what you're doing. It's fantastic. And any kind of educational um, uh, support that we can provide them is great. As a matter of fact, I've got a book set and this is totally, totally uh, not because of this podcast, but I may have even mentioned this to you. It's called the latte factor. This particular book talks about buying, uh, paying yourself first. And it, it gives three secrets to money. And those three secrets are pay yourself first is number one. Uh, number two is, I believe, let me look at this. Yeah, there it is. Uh, so it's pay yourself first. It talks about don't budget, make it automatic. I think that's revolutionary. You know, yeah. we teach budgeting and that's extremely important. But he says, don't budget, just make it automatic. That yeah. money doesn't even exist anymore. It's sure. sitting in my savings account. And, uh, and then he says, live rich now. And so, you know, at Artie Smothers Wealth Management, we truly believe that you don't have to be rich mm-hmm. to live rich. And you said that at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. This has been phenomenal. I mean, I'm telling you, man, you are, I think you're an inspiration. I know I have talked to even some of the administrators in Campbellsville High School, and I know that's a big rivalry. So if there's any students listening, you know, don't, don't get on me, but, but we need to bring this to the Campbellsville high school area too, you know, that they need something like this and probably any of our listeners, we have listeners from all over the country. We've been blessed to have those. And if you're listening to this and your high school doesn't have something like this, it, it might be worth while to reach out to Marcus uh, if it's okay, Marcus, I'll put your contact, at least your office contact and your email address in the description of this podcast. Absolutely. Uh, you know, there, there's all kinds of things that we could jump into, but let me, let me ask you this for the next 10 minutes. Just, let's just, uh, let's just tell a little bit about who you are. I know that you are a, you're a father, you're a husband, mm-hmm. uh, you're a God fearing man, uh, love the Lord with all your heart. Just recently got off of Easter. We're, we're here just a few days after Easter of 2022, doing this show. Tell me a little bit about what you have going on on your personal side. I know you mentioned the golf course. You like to golf. You, you've been going much. Tell me a little bit. I don't golf as much as I would like to. Uh, however, every time I, I go, it's always a good time. It uh, doesn't mean the score is always good. Sometimes <laughs> it's good. Sometimes it's not as good as it used to be. Uh, You're supposed to score the highest score, right? 
the highest nah, score of the foursome? Is that how that works? I guess that's up for debate. I, I'm not sure about that one. Uh, <laughs> that's funny. But you're exactly right. Uh, I've got an awesome wife. Uh, she works here in town as well. Uh, we do have a baby boy together. He's getting ready to be two years old here in just a couple of weeks. So not a lot of quiet moments at the house. Uh, he's running right. around crazy, going every which direction. And, and that's fun. That's what we want. Uh, we're so thankful he's a blessing. And you're exactly right. Um, just I enjoy golf. Uh, I like to be outside. I do enjoy what I do. I enjoy teaching. I'm thankful to have a job that is fun uh, most days. Some days are not as much fun as others, but for right. the most part, big picture, right. I enjoy my job. Um, and if I had to say one thing uh, that ties in this podcast to my faith, it, it's that you have to be faithful to the Lord uh, because at the end of the day, it's his money that he's giving you. We might talk, believe brother. that we're in control of our income, but we're not. We're not in control True. of anything. Uh, he is, and he's going to provide for us the income that he wants us to have. And we need to manage that money as if we're managing it for God. Amen. Thankfully, from a biblical standpoint, Malachi 3.10 teaches about tithing. And uh, I teach tithing in my classroom. Good for you. And uh, that tithing you. principle of tithe, the word tithe even, is based on 10%. Yep. And that's what the Lord asked for. Uh, so he wants you to give 10% back to him. Yeah. And you get the other 90 to manage, uh, not in a foolish way, but right. how you see fit for your family. And he's going to lead course. you, guide you in that. But I've never been more convicted with anything in my life. Here you go. Get to air a little dirty laundry Let's uh, do it. Yeah. on the air for everybody to hear. I've never felt such a strong conviction from the Lord as I did when I was about to get married. I was engaged, uh, which is scary to think that I was engaged to take on a woman as uh, my responsibility to join our lives together, not just financially, but in every way. And I did not have a solid grasp on tithing. And praise God that a lady that I worked with who surprisingly I was not very close to. She was an older lady. She was about to retire. And you've got to love people. Uh, it seems like the older they get, the less they care about uh, stepping <laughs> on anybody's toes. And man, am I glad she stepped on my toes. She came to me and she said, Marcus, I know you're about to get married. Tell me how much money you give to God. Wow. And I, like, and I thought that that is a strange way to go about that. But man, I'm so glad she did because I was not tithing at the time, but yet I had a full-time job. And after she asked me that question and she introduced me to Malachi 310, which I had not given much focus before in my life, I have never felt such a strong conviction of, man, I have been robbing God of what's actually his. Yeah. And that scripture, if you're not familiar with it, even if you're a non-believer, it's an interesting scripture because the Lord says, test me and see. If you give 10% back to me, if I will not open the floodgates of heaven <laughs> and pour out on you so much blessing that you don't have room to store it. Yeah. And if you think about that verse coming from anybody, and if you're a believer, that's coming from the Lord. Yeah. That is a powerful statement. Test sure. me, says God, and give me 10%. And I'm going to give you back so much more that you don't have room for it. And Power, since man. that day that I met with her and I felt that conviction, uh, thankfully, I've been tithing ever since then. My wife is 100% on board with that. And I firmly believe that everything that we have uh, financially, blessing-wise, uh, even our, our health and our family and our jobs is all because we serve a faithful God. Amen. And that test is never going to come back void. He will always fulfill that promise. And I, 100%. I when you talk about passion, I'm passionate about personal finance. But when you get me on that topic right there, it's like <laughs> I can't hold back. And I teach my students uh, very similar to what I just said right there in a respectful way. If you're Good a believer you. or if you're not, this story has merit. Yeah. And it's really cool to see my students. Absolutely. And this is not a testimony to me. This is a testimony to the importance of the curriculum and the subject. They actually go out and do a lot of what we teach in the class. I have students right here in this high school that have Roth IRAs and they're not 18 and they Perfect. had to get a parent to sign off on that with them. I have a lot of students who have money invested. Good. And just last week, I had a student who came to me and said, I've got a part-time job, Mr. Rogers, and I'm tithing all 10 of my percent. I'm giving it away. Oh, wow. And I'm like, you know, we, we knock on the, the teenagers right now for just being a bunch of knuckleheads for lack yeah. of terms, but there's also a lot of optimism out there. 
Uh, Absolutely. Whether they're giving they their just, money, they're investing need to be their taught. money. That's what it's all about. They just need to be taught. Like they, exactly. just, they just they just need guidance. Exactly. And Here's you the are guiding them. That who who do students who do kids learn from their most? It, it's their parents. I know. And parents, not just parents, but adults in America, fifty percent of them are in credit card debt. I know. And that doesn't sound like a lot, but one out of every two Americans is in credit card right. debt. Right. 80% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. Gosh. I saw a statistic that said, and you may know the actual numbers, but a, a vast majority of Americans, 80 plus percent, wouldn't have enough money to you know, spend $200 in a case of an emergency. They couldn't get $200 out of their bank account mm-hmm. in the event of an emergency. Mm-hmm. And that is, that is huge, man. You're, you are, you're not only building millionaires. It sounds like you're building kingdom builders. <laughs> and I I'm love it. Is. No, amen. Amen. Right. But you are <laughs> teaching them. You're discipling them. Uh, and, and even if you're not a believer, the Bible talks about the ant. It says, consider the ant. Mm-hmm. Because even the ant stores up in the summer, knowing that it will not have in the winter. And that is essentially a retirement. As a matter of fact, that was something we wanted to put on a wall somewhere here. And we still may, because that is retirement planning 101, like mm-hmm. store for the, in the summer, because right. you won't have it in the winter. That's right. That's huge, man. And that is, that's a wonderful passion to have. And I'll be honest with you, you know, we talk a lot. We, we have gotten into theological discussion in many cases with clients here, you know, we'll have a client that comes in with two, three, four million dollars, and they come in and they say, Look, I, I don't really need anything, but I want to be uh, philanthropic with this money. I want to give this money away. I want to I want to live my legacy while I'm living. And we'll right. talk about how we can structure it in a way where we can get it to a church or we can get it to a charity without paying the massive amount of tax that may or may not be necessary to do that. And so all of these things come into a plan and it's all about someone's passion in their mm-hmm. self. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, like I said, I truly believe, I truly believe that if you will be God, it be good to God, mm-hmm. it'll be good to you. And right. we have won the genetic lottery by being born in America. Amen. Like it or love it. This country has its flaws, but man, we are blessed to be here and we're blessed to be able to even just, to, to be able to talk about him, you know, to be able to talk about the Lord in a, in an open communication here. And this is going to go out on the airway. It's going to go across the country and we have no shame. And that is a beautiful thing. And, and right. God has blessed us with that. So Marcus, I am just completely over the moon with this conversation. Cause listen, you have, you have given me some inspiration. You're a very well grounded individual. You can tell that, you know, uh, who your master is, uh, you know, besides, besides your wife, we know who your <laughs> master is and we know, we know where we're going. We know where our, our, our fate is sealed, if you will. And it's a good thing with the Lord. Uh, and that shows in everything you do. So I appreciate your time, man. And I know it is past work hours for you. It's okay. time to go home and be with family. That 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 beautiful baby boy, two years old. You said, is that right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Two years old uh, and gorgeous family that you've got. I know your mother, your you know, I know know your father, know everybody in your family, and I'm sure that you have made them extremely proud. And you are helping shape Campbellsville, Campbellsville, Kentucky, a place I call home. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we like I said, we talk to a lot of people from a lot of different areas. And, you know, we, we've got, we've got the world renowned authors, world renowned speakers, people on Fox business. We've got people lined up that, you know, are, some of them are secret, but just some really awesome people. Mm-hmm. And I have not been as excited to talk to anybody any more excited than I am talking to you because of what you're doing. And it is a labor of love and I appreciate it. Well, thank you. That means a lot. I'm happy to be a guest on your show. And at the end of the day, you're talking to the older folks. I'm talking to the younger folks, but we're doing the exact same thing. And it is helping people manage money and the best life skills they can have. So thanks for doing what you do. And thanks for having me. For sure, man. Absolutely. I got one last thing for you. Sure. You can go back 10 years. You have five minutes? (laughs) Yeah. You go back 10. Let's go. Let's go 15 years. You can go back 15 years. You can tell Marcus Rogers anything 15 years ago. What is it? 
Yeah, it's uh, I don't guess it's ever a bad thing to have money in savings, but I took that lesson. Uh, I guess I'm a natural saver. You know, you've got savers and you got spenders. I'm yeah. savers to the max. Okay. And I was way, way, way too cash heavy uh, for um, the last several years. And okay. I wish I wouldn't have been. And it's like the more I learned about investing, the more I knew that I needed to be moving some of my cash assets to invested assets because it's like this money is not making me money. It's actually going down. It, yeah. It's just sitting in a savings account. When you say, well, that's not a bad thing. It's great to have savings. Well, sure. Until you realize that you have no plan for it and that inflation's outpacing your interest rate you're getting. Yep. So I wish I would have started investing money sooner. And that's a big part of why I do this job is because I want these students to start investing when they're 17 and 18 and they're working yeah. part time jobs and they have no expenses. They're living at home. That's what they should be doing. Uh, but man, I missed out on an opportunity and I'm not very old. I'm only 28 right now. Uh, okay. So thankfully uh, that money's invested and still has a lot of years to work. But my wife yeah. and I, we have a, a strong goal and we want to retire early uh, or what we consider early. Um, but yeah, I kick myself and say, I wish I would have started earlier. And I put too much weight in savings. That's not where our security lies. That yeah. savings account doesn't make you any more comfortable no matter what threshold it hits. Yeah. Uh, so you might as well be out there making you more money, not in a risky way, but in a, in a smart risk way. Yeah. So tell me then where, where, what is your, what's your uh, magic potion savings to investing? You're starting out, you're saving. Let's talk to somebody here that maybe is just starting out. Yeah. Uh, we're going to say that this is, we're going to put this at the beginning. It's going to be our mm -hmm. teaser. Like you wait till mm -hmm. the end, you're going to get some amazing advice. <laughs> You're just starting out. You're just coming out of maybe living paycheck to paycheck, or you've just gotten to step two or three in the snowball. Sure. You've got your sure. debt squared away. Yeah. Where do you start with savings and when do you start investing? You got to have an emergency fund. Things are going to happen. You need to have a thousand bucks stocked away somewhere for okay. who knows what, whatever might happen. Um, I'm the type that says I have an emergency fund. And when an emergency comes up, I never even get into the emergency fund because <laughs> I'm like, no, I can't touch that. So yeah. I ended up finding another way to, to pay for it. But everybody that's for a knows. rainy day. Yeah, exactly. It's a tornado outside, but that's exactly. for a rainy day. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. need an emergency fund, thousand okay. bucks. Uh, you need to be out of debt. After that, I believe you need three to six months of expenses, probably in a checking account. And you can tap into that money whenever you need. And it's not going to be making you anything. It's yeah. also giving you cushion to when you have larger expenses one month, but not another. It can help you out in the budgeting process. Good. Outside of that, three to six. I'm can you a, tell me? I don't mean to interrupt you. Three to six. Let's stop there for a second. Three yeah. to six months. Can you tell me how you gauge whether you need to be the three or the six? Yeah, it's personal preference. You know, some people okay. feel better uh, having more. And, and for some people, maybe that six months is more like nine months or a year. Maybe it depends on the type of job you have, whether you're more likely to get injured on the job, what kind of insurance you carry. Do you carry short-term disability insurance? Because if you don't, that's something to consider too. If you work a high-risk job and you, you're not properly insured, you might want to have, you definitely want to have more than six months in case you're yeah. laid off or, uh, or you're injured on the job or off the job and you can't do a physical demanding job. Uh, also, your age and your family and the level of expenses, there's a lot of variables there. But right. I think six months is a good uh, just standard number to throw out there. And then after that, you should be putting 15% into retirement and anything else you want to save on top of that. I'm OK with you saving every month into a brokerage account that is invested. You mentioned mm -hmm. SPY. I'm a, I like Vanguard. Throw yeah. it in VOO that tracks the S&P 500, Perfect. very low expense ratio. You can classify that as savings in your personal mind, uh, but that money can still be out there making you more money. That way, in case you don't need that savings for 10, 12 years, it's three and four X itself. Of course. Of so course. So, so what I'm hearing what is- it's worth. A, I'm no financial advisor by any Oh, way. hey, listen, <laughs> I'm, I'm just letting you preach, brother, because I'm back here in the choir just singing. Uh, here, here's the thing. You have got, you've got this stair step and they're all just dovetailing together. You, you know, you're out of debt. You're saving your thousand while you're working yourself out of debt. You got mm -hmm. your emergency, emergency fund of a thousand. You get out of debt and then you start actually saving three mm -hmm. to six months of expenses. And mm -hmm. I'm a big believer with you. It should dovetail in with whatever your disability policy looks like. If your disability right. has a three month expense, you know, sure. God forbid it is three month uh, elimination mm -hmm. for those three months, you're still okay. Uh, right. If it's a six month elimination, you're still okay. Mm -hmm. And and so you've got this insurance that's stacked on top of there. And then you start to invest and you invest wisely. One of the biggest things that I see, if anybody else is listening, and I'm going to talk on this for a second, is 
try your best to stay away from, if at all possible, target date funds. So we can talk about that some other time. If you have questions, give us a call. But target date funds can carry a little bit of an unnecessary expense. Sure. Invest wisely. So it's not just about investing 15. It's investing wisely 15. Uh, you know, you don't put it all into Enron. And for those of you who know what that means, you'll, you'll get that. But, you know, you do want to put it into something that's broadly diversified. You've done exactly, I mean, you're, you're talking like you're not a financial advisor, you say, but in reality, like, you know, if you need a job, let me know. Uh, <laughs> I, I'll tell you this though. I, you, you said, you said you would tell yourself, don't be cash poor. Love that advice. Or excuse me, don't be too much in cash, right? Too much sure. in cash. So too cash heavy, I think is how you said right. it. Yes, sir. Don't be cash heavy. Uh, I would also say don't be cash poor, right? You right. don't want all yes. your assets. Yes. It's so illiquid, you can't get to it. But tell me what you, and this is a fun question. So don't, you know, don't hold me to this, but all right. So you're 28. So let's say 12 years ago, uh, what do what do you tell yourself, 16-year-old self setting down? What do you look at yourself and say, invest in this? What is it? <laughs> Amazon. All day Amazon. Long. I love easy. it. <laughs> That's easy. I mean, uh, we were, I actually talked to a student about that this morning. Very educated okay. student. Comes from a good family. He says, Mr. Rogers, what if Amazon does the next 10 years what it's done this last 10 years? And I said, well, tell me more what you mean. And he pulls up on his computer and shows me if you would have invested money, what Good that deal. would have been. And, and that's what it's all about. These kids are excited. But yeah, I mean, Amazon, Microsoft, Tesla, Tesla sure. would have exploded. Uh, sure. Anything along those lines. Sure. Uh, if I awesome. could go back to when, um, you know, Berkshire Hathaway A shares were starting, that's the place to put your money. Right. You know, all of its growth has uh, already exploded and who knows what's going to happen after that. But that was right. a safe investment too. rewind way further back than way back. Yeah. I was even born. Right. Uh, yeah. A lot of good options out there. Outstanding. If, if only we had the, uh, the magic ball working. Right. Right. I tell my I'm clients all the time. Money. Yeah, that, that, you know, our, our magic ball is under repair right now. So we're going to do what we know can happen and, and, and go from there. But it's all about planning. You're doing phenomenal work. Keep it up. Uh, I appreciate your time coming on our show. I hope that someone finds value in this. I know without a shadow of a doubt that there will be parents who are listening to this and they want to know what you're teaching. Uh, mm -hmm. I hope and pray that, that this even gets more students involved mm -hmm. in your class. And we will send... You know, because sometimes we, we get people who are coming to us and saying, hey, how do we budget? And while we are financial advisors and we surely can sit down and work with you on a budget, we specialized in that retirement planning category, that five to 10 years from retirement. That's where we really focus our energy and our time. Uh, but we have some clients who we do a little bit of budgeting with family, uh, family of some of our staff. We we do some budgeting with younger individuals of clients of ours. Mm -hmm. But man, this is going to be a podcast that I can say fast forward to the 55 minute mark or whatever <laughs> it is and listen to five minutes from Marcus sure. Rogers. It's going to change your life. So I, I appreciate that. you. Uh, yes, I appreciate hope that you. all is well with your family. Um, Absolutely. You know, by, by all means, uh, hug the baby and, and or I guess maybe kiss the baby and hug the wife. <laughs> tell him I said hi. And sure uh, will. Appreciate, appreciate you. And thanks for having me on. It's been a joy. Likewise. Hey, man, we'll talk soon. Yes, sir. See you, Marcus. Investment advisory services offered through AE Wealth Management, LLC. AE Wealth Management and RD Smothers Wealth Management are not affiliated entities. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Insurance guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims-paying abilities of the issuing carrier. This show is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be used as a sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual situation. RD Smothers is not permitted to offer, and no statement made during the show shall constitute tax or legal advice. Our firm is not affiliated with or endorsed by the U.S. government or any governmental agency. The information and opinions contained herein provided by third parties have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed by RD Smothers Wealth Management. Thank you.